The presenting sponsor of Make Defense Great Again is Glacier Clinics. Glacier Clinics are back with 33 football clinics across the country in 2020. They've been coaching coaches for more than 40 years, so you're sure to learn something that will help you win more games next season. Come to a Glacier Clinic for a chance to learn from the best coaches at all levels of the game, including Alabama's Nick Saban. The Glacier Season Pass is your ticket to attend all of these clinics, and right now they're running an early bird special through November 29th. For more details, go to www.glacierclinics.com. Hey now, welcome to another episode of Make Defense Great Again. My name is Chris Vasser, a.k.a. Coach Vass. Thank you so much for joining us. Week 11, in-season Q&A podcast. My guest this week is Michael Rose-Ivy from Missouri. Before we get to the interview, got a few housekeeping notes as usual. My season is officially over, so the website will be getting actually updated now that I have some free time. So uh, go ahead and go to www.coachfast.com and bookmark the page because hopefully in the near future, we'll have some new content on there for you instead of just uh, links to the podcast. <laughs> also, uh, if you already don't follow me on Twitter, please do so at Coach Vass and the show's account at MDGA podcast. If you've not subscribed to the podcast yet, what are you doing? Go ahead and do that. And if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing it. Lastly, as you've probably seen all over Twitter, my mom was diagnosed with gastric cancer a few months back, and so we are still raising money for her medical bills and such. You can donate by going to PayPal and sending it to coachvass at gmail.com or the cash app dollar sign coachvass. I still have not gotten around to fixing the Venmo, and they've been such idiots on the phone that I don't know if I ever will. So anyway... As you know by now, if we have crappy questions, it's a useless podcast for the Q&A in-season version. So head over to the website, www.coachvast.com slash podcast, and there'll be a form at the top where you can submit your questions. One more thing, Coach Ivy's audio at the very beginning before we get into the questions is a, is a little hard to hear, but we fix it. So bear with us. Please don't listen to the first minute or two and be like, I can't take this. I'm out. Um, I promise it gets better. And uh, so we're still, I'm still, still learning this process. So there's going to be some bumps in the road. Anyway, enjoy. Let's get into it, man. My guest today is Coach Michael Rose Ivy defensive coordinator and linebackers coach for Lincoln College Prep, the Blue Tigers, in Kansas City, Missouri. Welcome, Coach. Appreciate you, man. How's everybody doing? Well, they're going to be doing better after they hear all the uh, answers that and uh, wisdom you're going to drop on them. Um, we got some good questions tonight. Um, coach, give us a, just a real quick brief background on yourself and where you came from and all that good stuff. Okay. So uh, I'm from, originally from Kansas City, Missouri. Went to uh, Rockers High School under Tony uh, Severino in 2008. Played there until 2012. Uh, played linebacker in Nebraska from 2012 to 
school. Uh, played in a couple of developmental leagues, a year called football, um, a couple of other leagues. Uh, played in the CFL for a little bit, and a little bit means about a month. We're going to practice squad. Um, was a coach at Baker Linwood High School in Kansas last year. Was basically an outside linebacker coach, running three, four, uh, cover four school. Um, then this year, I joined by Lincoln Prep as the linebacker coach and defensive coordinator. Uh, we're scoping over now on the district final playoff game tomorrow. So, um, you know, big fan of football. You know, I've been drawing my playbook since I was a, a little kid. So it's kind of, kind of like my calling and something I've been, I've been pushed to do since I was, I was young. That's great stuff, Coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I know you're in the middle of a 12-0 and season in the playoffs, and I know you're a busy guy, so thanks for coming on and answering some questions. No problem at all. All right, let's get into it. All right, I'm going to stop right here. Coach, I don't I don't mean to be okay. a pain in the ass, but uh, your phone is, I don't know if it's garbled, or the, so it's hard, to he- it's hard to hear you, and it's like clicking. Like is there's it like interference. Yes, is much better. Wait, keep talking. Is he good? Hear me? Yes. Yes. I'm much on speaker. better. I know you said don't be on speaker, but this is on speaker. Is that fine? Yeah, it's better actually, yeah. As long as it's not okay. feeding back and I can't hear myself. Okay. Just okay, stop, yeah, that's Tommy actually Tommy, let me know if it does push back on you. Okay, yeah, that's much better. Okay, great. I'm I'm just gonna turn you up when we. I'm gonna keep you low now, and then I'll turn you up when I go to edit. All right, walk. Let's okay. go back in, into it. Thank you. Okay. All right, here we go. Four, three, two. Our first question comes from Jeff Zervis, who coaches safeties at Northside High School in Columbus, Georgia. His Twitter handle is at Z-E-R-F-A-S underscore A-T-C. His question is, how do you call a defensive play in the 425? What verbiage do you use? Well, so I have a, we patterned ourselves after TCU. So I ultimately call the defense, but I will tell the front uh, what we want to play. A lot of people that come and see us, I think they think that we have a dummy signaler. We actually have a guy does the front and I do the back. And my signals towards the end of the game just get me screaming at the top of the lungs. <laughs> I was blessed with a I was blessed with a uh a very loud voice. I was that's the running joke with the kids. It's like, you know, in the second half, the signal for two bronco will be, and I'll just start screaming two bronco. Oh yeah. Um so I I I will say whatever I want the call to be to the front. Um, we use a wristband for most of our calls. We do have some signaled calls if they're shorter. Um, we are not like TCU where every time, you know, for a while, every time they looked at the watch, they, they're, we call them watches, the wristbands. They knew people knew they were blitzing. In fact, if you watched a couple of years ago in the, uh, what was it? The playoff show where they have the coaches talk at ESPN and they talked during the semifinals, national championship semifinals. Holmgren yeah. cracked a joke at Patterson. He was saying something. He goes, oh, like your guys, when they only look at their wristbands when you're blitzing and, and he got red faced, which is not <laughs> true. That's not, it's not true at all, but it, it used to be. And everybody knew it. I mean, obviously he said on national television. So, and then I was signaling the back end of the coverage. Um, I had kind of an epiphany when I went and saw coach Patterson a couple years back, I stood behind him during a team or spring ball and 
I watched him wait to call the coverage until they were lined up. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of a, it, it just kind of dawned on me like, man, I could save so much time doing all these checks and doing all this stuff. And I just yelled out the coverage. And in fact, today in, um, in, in our walkthrough, our pre-practice walkthrough, and I've talked about this before, we do a thing that we got from um, TCU we did at Millsaps where I was a position coach. I would drop the script. So our linebacker coach, Justin Nass, writes up the script. I give him some things I want. I don't know what's coming. So I call the defense on Thursday just like I would tomorrow night. Like I have no idea what's coming. That's a good idea. And so today I was getting the call. Like, so my my D line coach will say, you know, first and 10, four, negative 40 yard line left hash, 10 personnel. And then inadvertently happened a couple of times today where I'm like, wait, what? There was some confusion. And I'm looking at the formation and I would just call whatever I wanted to call. Right. Um looking at it, there was two by two in the back was to the boundary. Well, this team is uh, so uh, this is weird because it's a playoff game and these uh, Yosef Ferris and this is going to come after our game. So it's not a big deal, but Yosef Ferris is the head coach at Bullard who we're playing for a second time this year. He was on the podcast earlier. So I don't want to give any, <laughs> I don't give any self scout <laughs> tips away. And so I was able to take a picture of the formation and make a call mm-hmm. at the last second that gave me the pen as, as close to being last as possible. I know that's not 100% defense, especially if they're going fast. Right. But anyway, so that that's kind of what I do. So I kind of wait. Um, And then the linebackers will get the calls from the safeties. So they're going to, the, the front six will look at the guy who signals the front. The back five will look at me, who I'm signaling the back end. And then the safeties to each side will tell the, the backers what they what they have to do. Now the specifics, I I, I mean I, I'm a pretty open book, but I don't really want to get into what we call things. Um, if you want to learn that stuff, because uh, if I start if I start talking about the code words for things, start pulling out I'm gonna get some ang- I'm gonna get some angry phone calls. Right. So uh, yeah, just I mean it's out there. If you want to learn the the exact verbiage, um, there's an old Gary Patterson. Um, tape on youtube where he goes through the whole defense it's about 20 years old now and then chad glasgow in 2011 did a presentation for tony franklin if you really want to learn the ins and outs of that so um yeah sorry i, I don't want to start talking about the exact words um because i i don't i don't need that <laughs> i don't need that smoke so to speak <laughs> as the kids say i don't know coach do you uh do you run a 425 and if so uh how do you do it uh not necessarily Two five in the you know Patterson kind of sense, but you know we do run a four two five nickel um, against you know spread sets. Um, a lot of what we have you know tried a couple of various ways to communicate the call. You know sometimes we've done the wristband, we've done me just signaling, we've done assistant coach and myself signaling. Um, so we, we we switched it up. I think we've kind of dictated by by the team. You know if we're getting a lot of no huddle, we'll probably go with the wristbands and a one word call or or the number. Um, if we get a team that's more of, you know, huddle up and we got time to kind of communicate everything, communicate everything and get lined up, I think that's more the approach where, like you said, you know, I'm going to wait until the last second, you know, don't worry about the checks and uh, just, just make the call. And the funny thing is our players always get mad at me because, you know, they, they think I'm never going to get the call in for the offense lines up. Like, I know the yeah. tempo of the offense, you know, just, just don't rush me. I, I know what I'm doing here. And it's just funny because being a former player, you know, you remember those times being out on the field. And, and yelling and screaming at the coach because you want the calls and get lined up and process everything. But and I think that's a great thing to have when you got a team that's that's like that and defense is like that. So 
Um, like you said, as far as the verbiage you actually use, you know, I think you've got to come up with whatever you come up, you know, let it be something the kids can remember, uh, especially if you're in high school, because obviously you don't have the, the time for meetings and other things like that. You know, we've been able to, you know, adapt some some of the verbiage from the the things we've we've uh, we've ran, you know, that's that's on the college level and the kids have, you know, have accepted the language. So, um, you know, I, I think if you if they can understand, you know, let them let let them dictate the pace of the learning, you know, uh, per se. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, when we run into that, too, especially because I've come to this, this is the third school I'm at running this version of the system. And they start giving me palms up and like, come on, what's the call? What's the call? And so I, I started, I hold my hand out towards them yep. <laughs> because they're looking at me. Call. And so I put my hand up and I'm just, just wait. And they're, they're fine. And, you know, early on, it's what's the call? What's the call? But I've explained to them multiple times, like, listen, I'm doing this to put this in the best possible position that we can be in. Like, exactly. I'm not doing it because I can't think of anything. I'm like, believe me, right. if you need a call, I get you a call. I just, right. you want to be in the best call? Or do you want to just right. me to throw out a call and you get lined up early so you get your ass kicked real fast? I mean, that's the, <laughs> exactly. that's the, that's the, exactly. that, that, I can do that if you want. <laughs> yep. Yep. But anyway, trust. you know, I mean, like you said, I, I think that's the best thing about our season. You know, you know, coming in the program this year, like I said, we were, uh, you know, had two seasons under our head coach where we won three games and six games, and then this year we were twelve and zero. And you know, seeing the guys buy in, you know, having that trust in you to make the right call—that's the—that's a beautiful thing. You've seen it on a state championship level, so that's that's something that's something exciting to always see. Yeah, it's funny um, how that works. We had, uh, you know, winning cures a lot of ills. So we had a two-game stretch where we lost. One of the teams we lost to very big, about 30-something points. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. They're 44th in the country. They're 7th in the state and 44th in the country. I mean, they're, and they're, they haven't scored less than 38 points. So, mm-hmm. And then another team we lost to in a, in a heartbreaker was, wasn't really a heartbreaker. I mean, they scored with a couple minutes left. They had the number one running back in the country, Kendall Milton. Mm, and okay. you would have thought we were that I forgot everything I knew and everything was terrible. <laughs> and I'm getting these texts and I'm going, what? nobody panic. We just played two really good football teams and we're not hitting our stride. Yeah. Like, and one of them, we played tougher than anybody thought we were. In fact, they, in fact, one of the players came up to us after and be like, man, y'all got good. And it's like, well, thanks. I, I mean, I don't know whether to take that as like a compliment or a F you, but right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> but like every, everybody's having meltdowns. And then we beat, um, we narrowly beat a team in our league. And then a, a, our big rival, our natural rival who we hadn't beaten five years, we win. And we won last week, so we're on a three-game winning streak, and now everything's okay. <laughs> winning cures all. Exactly. And those problems that were addressed, the problems themselves haven't really been fixed, but it's amazing how that how that happens. Okay. The, the good everything. news for me is I don't work on campus, so if, if we get knocked out of the playoffs this weekend or next, or if we you get knocked out of the playoffs at all, yep, I'm, I'm <laughs> turning my phone off. I work, I work at a school that's in the district, but they don't really care about. Uh, I mean, it's not they don't care, but it's you don't have sports. It's an online school. We don't have sports or anything, right? And so I can I can hide out there and not have to have it in my face. 
<laughs> it's terrible. I shouldn't say that, but it's true. <laughs> um, but <laughs> anyway, all right. So let's go to <laughs> let's go to the next question. This is from Michael Bianco. Michael is at uh, Ketchum High School and Wapingers Fall, New York. He does not have Twitter. He coaches online D-line. His question is, when you stem your front, are you moving everyone or only certain guys? Do you have your three technique play a G at times or vice versa when you stem? Coach, I, 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 we usually go back and forth, but do you have do you guys stem your fronts or how, how do you do any of that? We worked a little bit on it this year. Um, I think the, the most we done was stemming from a tight base, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. against uh, spread teams. Uh, we haven't used used it much. We got some pretty good guys on the inside. Uh, they're they're athletic. We kind of let them them you, you be able to work two gaps, you know, a little bit sometimes, and, and kind of play play use use their athleticism. Um, so we we worked a little bit, you know. And that's something that you know I think could be more beneficial for us, you know, uh, you know, working on it more probably for next year, but uh, not as much as as probably you have used it or, or may have seen it used. And, but I think it's really good. It's really good and beneficial. Uh, to be able to do and, and have in your back pocket uh, and, and switch up your fronts, and, you know, late notice. Like, just like we talked about with the formation, trying to get your guys in the best call and trying to get that confusion uh, right for the snap for the old line. Yeah, we, we've we used this for uh, – we did the stemming and moving stuff before it was really popular. Or not before it was popular. It was popular for a while and it went away. My mentor swore by it, so we were, we've been doing it never stopped. And we average, I think, mm-hmm. we get 15 false starts a year. Um, yeah. on it and so um when we stem our fronts we have a couple different variations we have a stem which is we're just moving our two inside guys and whatever yeah. we say is what we'll end up in so if it's stem field g it means we line up with the three to the boundary and the g to the field and then we'll stem them we have a move call which used to be bear to over and over to bear so if it was move mm-hmm. bear we would go, We again, we were going to end up, whatever we said is what we ended up in. Um, So we'll go move, move bear equals over front to bear. Now, going back to the stem call. So one thing we tell our guys is stem opposite shades. Because we do play double ones or double Gs or double two I's, whatever you want to call it. And we play double threes. So okay. we'll go stem outlaw, which is two, three techniques. We'll start in Indian, which is two Gs. Mm-hmm. We don't. Because we want to get the maximum movement. Like, we don't stem from over to two threes because now you're only moving one guy. Right. That's just, I mean, we, and that's the easiest way for the kids to remember. Just line up opposite where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. And we right. play so much field and boundary. I mean, I'm sure that we have a tendency that you can pick up on if you really study it. But we, we you know, I, I think about this stuff entirely too much. So I <laughs> try to break the stuff as much as I can. Um, but so that, so going back to the move, so that was move. Now we go from over to mint or tight or whatever you want to call it. Four I zero four I. And then in the past we have lined up against teams that a 50 gives it problems or it changes the rules. So for example, uh, shotgun, double wing, the Tim Murphy stuff. Um, you know, we're in the land of Tim Murphy. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tim, but he's up at Clayton Valley now. One of our rivals this is a school that he kind of put him on the map or he put them on the map, however you want to say it. He's linked to the school, and one of his protégés is now the head coach there. And I know in his playbook, you know, because we studied the offense uh, when I was at Sarah, just a little bit to put in a wrinkle here or there because we ran the double wing. 
and he had odd rules and even rules. Well, I'm not, I, in the words of Forrest Gump, I'm not a smart man, but uh, if they if they have a rules for one and rules for the other, I'm thinking we're going to line up in one and move to the other. You know, and that goes, that's just not Tim. That's, you know, and I'm not telling you any secrets. It's like on the third page of the playbook, you know what I mean? And so, like, right, exactly. My my thing is, if you're a zone team, I'm going to screw up. If you count, I'm going to screw up your count. Or a veer team, I'm going to screw up your count. Or I'm going to screw up your play. Right. So we'll shift. We'll shift from 50. We don't play a lot of 50. We play enough, just a little bit, where you have to honor it. Where every time we're lined up in 50, you can't just go, oh, they're moving over. Um, and we've also had special things. Like when we play tight end heavy teams, we'll, when we stem... We'll include the strong side end in the stem. Obviously, if we're playing four open receivers, the ends are fives. They're not going anywhere. Right. Now, if we're three down, we'll go from like five zero five to stem to three or to four I zero four I. But if we'll play heavy tight end team, we'll line up like we'll line up an over, you know, uh Gina Gina five weak, three, three, six, and even a nine, a strong, like a strong side linebacker walked up. Okay. And then if if there's a wing involved, like say we'll line them up outside the wing, and then if we're going to stem to the under, we will actually include the strong side end and the Sam. We basically play a lot of times we're playing over front with the Sam linebacker walked up. So okay. like imagine an over, and then once you get to the Sam, it becomes the under. So it's three six nine. Isn't that a song? Isn't that uh, <laughs> three six nine? Get low. <laughs> Who sings that? It's the yin yang twins. Uh-huh. I thought it was uh for a second I thought it was I thought it was Petey Pablo and I was about to say Petey Pablo uh, played played my grad night. Did he really? Yeah, he did at Disney. Seagrams. They they pay I'm drinking it and they paid me for it. He's the best. Anyway, I have I have taken us in a different direction. <laughs> Glacier's going to call me and be like, hey, uh, can you not talk about the Yin Yang Twins? And I'm going to say, ha! Uh, all right, back back to Earth. Um, so anyway, about the overfront. <laughs> so occasionally, if we're going to see a tight end wing and we think it'll mess up, so for example, if we play a team, they have different rules. If you put a guy in between the tight end wing for power than you do if you put him outside the wing, we'll shift them and we'll do some things like that. But that's a special deal. So... Um, all right, next question. Mike Stouffer from uh, Riverside Poly High School in Riverside, California. His Twitter handle is at Mike Stouffer. I think it's Stouffer. That's Mike, S-T-A-U-F-F-E-R. That's his Twitter handle. And Mike is the linebackers coach at Riverside Poly. His question is, if you could only run one coverage, what would it be and why? Well, mm. I, I'm going to answer this uh, with a caveat. Okay, one, if if you are... Asking me this because you only want to run one uh, run one coverage, then don't listen to my answer. Like if you're trying to find a magic bullet and you that's why you're asking the question, then turn like skip ahead in the podcast. I know I'm not supposed to say to not listen to this, but <laughs> there's not there's not a magic bullet because I had a friend of mine who if he listens he knows who he is and I've given him terrible crap for it for five years. He wanted to find a perfect coverage. There is no perfect coverage. If you're asking me this because you're at a small school and you want to base in one and kind of focus on one and, you know, you're asking or just for conversation purposes, I will answer and feel free to listen. Okay. My answer is quarters. Now, my caveat. So that was kind of my qualifier. My caveat in this is 
quarters package. So in that yeah. quarters package, <laughs> yeah, I don't want just not straight, yeah. you know, quarters. I think you have to be aware. And again, I, I've said this before. I don't have these. I mean, I look at these questions, but I'm coaching. I'm at school. I've come home. I'm not. You know, this is not ESPN where we have staff meetings to, to like plan out our answers. Like this is off the top of my head. So if I leave anything out, I apologize. You need to have a way in your quarters package to handle one receiver by himself. You need to have a, a, a way to handle a receiver and a tight end. So a pro side, you need to have a way to handle a twin side. And if the splits are wide or if the splits are tight and you need to have a way to handle trips where you're using the backside safety in the pass to the strong side. And you also need to have a variation where He's on his own because, you know, if a team runs stretch week three down the pipe, you can't play solo poach quarters, in my opinion, unless you're playing mint where that that boundary safety has no run run responsibility. If you try to play field over front and play quarters in 2019, you're going to get filleted. You'll be on zip recruiter uh, in no time. Um, My opinion. There might be people yelling at the podcast. That's not true, but that's what I found. <laughs> so I would carry in that a version of stubby mini special, whatever you want to call it. I prefer the offer corners bailing and making smash or China calls. That would be my answer. Cause I'm a too high guy. I also think there's a place. And maybe if I thought about this more to carry cover three, but the problem for that is I think the adjustments are more involved. And so you know, yeah, I mean, you're going to you're going to have to carry so many different variations where and it drives me crazy because guys are like, oh, we like I know somebody who I love dearly is like, I'm, we run cover three. We only have one coverage. And I'm like, no, you don't. You have uh, the way to play pro a way to play twins, a play a way to play two by two, three by one, three by one with the back strong, three by one with the back weak, empty, which I kind of. I kind of alluded to in quarters that you need those answers, but the carryover is a lot more than that. Right. I mean, anyway, so, and I know there's a lot of one high guys that will say I'm full of it, but that's just my, so that's my take on it. So I, that's what I would say is a quarters and, and, uh, and to make it, if you want to make it even simpler, I would have a way, like if you're at a real small school and you only 20 guys and you're just trying to find something to hang your hat on, I would say palms. So you have palms. You could play palm versus two receivers. You can teach the stump adjustment, which is basically just palms to your nickel. So you can teach your corner and your nickel how to play that technique kind of in the same vein. I mean, obviously, you want to play your nickel outside and your corner inside. And then have a have a check to either play robber or something if they get in a pro side. You know, and you, that basically right. handles everything that you need to do. Set the three technique to the field so there's no crazy run fits. and. You know, that that would be my opinion. Sorry, I know that was a little long winded. Um, what do you Are think, you Coach? No, I'm 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 there with you. Um I've I was a big time, you know, three guy, you know, Rick Liz, but you know, I've really kind of fell in love with, with cover seven, you know, as we got you know further into the season and playing a little bit more past teams and just the versatility that it brings. Like you said, if it's just one coverage, you know, and like you said, you gotta bring the whole package with it. I, I would definitely say probably cover seven. Uh gives you a little bit of the best of both worlds. I'm, yeah, I, th- I still think you can be stout in the run game. Obviously, you got to do some some things up front with, uh, you know, being able to play back inside to that B gap, you know, uh, especially like talking about playing over G to the field. 
Um, so, you know, I mean, you're going to have to have some things up front to help you, but I, I definitely think cover seven is the, the, the best one, you know, if you had only one to pick. Yeah, I mean, that that is so hard, especially, and I, I always say, I was qualified my answers in 2019, but, you know, with all the stuff we see, I couldn't, if I worked for a guy, like, if we're lucky, I've been, platoon, every high school season I've ever coached, I've been platooned except for one year, my first year. If we had to go back to a non-platoon system where players were going both ways equal times and we had to, we had a guy like I work for a guy who's only like, we only get two hour practices and it was like really cut down and I had no meeting time. I don't know what I would do in this, in this day and age and still be Man. relevant. You know, right, like exactly. I, I mean, we run so much defense. Right. Right. That I mean, that's helped us so much this year. We've been able to platoon and, the teams we have, and, just, and you see it like third, fourth quarter, like you know, guys start you know, kind of you know, just kind of phasing out, and then you know, what I mean, you yeah, have that depth, it's, it's a big, it's a big help. Yeah, and 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 the body blows, and you know, it's one of those things you have to just you have to stick with it because mm-hmm. right, you're yeah. not patient. It, it, you know, you gotta just it'll you, you the body blows will start to add up. It was like, um, watching the LSU Bama game this this last weekend. I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh. Oh yeah, Gary Danielson was talking about Aranda's plan was to hit Tua, and and by the third quarter and fourth quarter it would start to add up. And oh, yeah. although I I know what he did was scumbaggy, but like Greg Williams talked has talked about that too. The remember me hits and that it'll eventually. And he, this yeah. is not a novel concept. I mean, this is right. Coaches have been talking about this since the beginning of time, but it's just the most recent example. And at first, I mean, Tua looked injured for sure. Like he didn't look like himself, but he was still effective. And you could see as the game went on, you could see every little hit, just a little bit, a little bit. And that's where, you know, coaches, I'm going to, I'm going to bring out the soapbox. I'm bringing out the soapbox. I need a sound effect for that, by the way, coaches <laughs> it's playoff time. If you're still playing, I'm going to guess. And if, if you're listening and you do not coach pro or college football and you're in the United States, because I know I have some international listeners back. I know for sure. I at least have one. Cause he asked a question again, be patient. If you're playing right now, you're probably, if you lose, you're going home. Unless you're in a dreadful situation like I was in the Bay Area five years ago where we had consolation football game, which I'd rather join ISIS than play consolation football game. <laughs> but that was a choke. Nobody, nobody tweet me. Nobody. Uh, but in all seriousness, like, be patient. I know that I've, say this without sounding like a jerk. I've had some success in my in my short uh, time, and so it's easy for me to say like I don't I don't I haven't had to get a monkey off my back so to speak like I haven't been in a school that hasn't won a playoff game in thirty five years has never won a section final or anything where like I had the weight of a town on me or whatever so it's really easy to say I get it, but I see coaches they get puckered up in this time of year and it drives me absolutely insane. My, my, my number one phrase in the last 12 days has been nobody panic because everybody, you know, a lot of people get wound tight and, and a lot of it comes with experience. It's easy for me to say like, I mean, Hey, just relax guys. Like, you know, when you're a kid and you only get one shot at this, if your senior didn't really get to play as a junior, this is right. it. Like I get to coach next year. You, they don't yep. get to play anymore at this level. Yep. But I just, I see that and I talk to guys and, and. I try to be as nice as possible and try to use humor to like break the ice. But like, 
do what do do what you've done to get you here. Don't start breaking yeah. down more games. Don't start and and I'm t- and I'm part of this. I'm saying out loud to myself. Like don't mm-hmm. you, you you know mm-hmm. I hate to use this cliche and I know it means it it's very important. I just hate that everybody uses it now. I'm I'm like the cool guy. I'm Mr. Counterculture. Like I don't like you can't say what everybody else is saying. You know what I mean? Right. I'm yeah. I'm like emo, but like trust the process. Uh, like just trust like, what you've done to get you to where you are. And I'm not saying you can't. I mean, yeah, watch a couple extra, watch another hour of film. I mean, you don't want to leave stones unturned, but don't radically depart from the process that got you to where you, um, to where you've gotten, unless, and I will use this as a caveat, unless you got into the playoffs on a losing streak, like you started strong and you kind of slid in, like backed in the playoffs and you need to break, you know, you need to change things up. But I'm just seeing perfectly. I, I talked to some guys that are in perfectly good situations, have great seasons, and then they just it gets to the playoff time and they get hijacked. Anyway, enough rambling for me. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the next question. You'll take this one first. This is from my friend and yours, Terrence Gant, who coaches outside linebackers at Santiago High School in Corona, California. Great man, great program. Uh, his question is, and uh, his Twitter handle, by the way, is at Terrence, T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E underscore Gant, G-A-N-T. His question is, how long after the season is over do you get into working on the next season? <laughs> I'll let you take this one first because you're not going to like my answer. Uh, last year, um, you know, I kind of started a little bit early, probably about January because I had accepted uh, the new position uh, in Lincoln Prep for my, for my first school. Uh, and I kind of started breaking down film, you know, you know, going into it and kind of checking to see what my depth chart would be a little bit and kind of, you know, slowly but surely kind of inking that out spot for spot as I got to be around the kids a little more through the spring and through the summer. Um, so, so mine started a little bit earlier. You know, I mean, this is only my second year. So, you know, I have much experience as far as going to offseason. I know this offseason with this long this season being and as much as going on this season on and off the field for us. You know, I'll definitely probably take a break, break a little bit. Um, and, you know, probably get back into it around you know February. But I say that now, and I'll probably get an itch. But you know, I, I'm ready to dive kind of back in, get into that learning stage again. You know, and and getting back into podcasts and just taking notes and you know, just making the technique and uh, the the everything a little bit better and a little bit more you know crisper for the next year. I, I got to be honest with you, and I'm not blowing smoke. I don't. That's not my thing. For this is this only being your second year coaching, and I know that you've had uh, experience playing at higher levels, but you carry yourself like a guy that's had experience for many, many years in in, in coaching on a team. And I know you, I know that you've done individual work, and you 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 did a lot of that before you got into coaching, coaching like a team. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just got to say, I'm pretty impressed, man. Uh, Just the way you carry yourself and. Just the you know the things that you it, ask and the things that you've like the questions you ask and the and the things that you know is not somebody typical that's only been doing this for two years and so I got to yeah, give yeah. you that I had no idea when we were talking about the pre interview I was like two years are you are you crazy like are you joking me because <laughs> yeah I, I, sometimes you, I feel a little bit in over my head with it <laughs> but man I, I, like I said I've been I've been drawing up football plays and and playbooks and. You know, I remember I was on, I think it was like Coach Teed or something like that back in the day and just looking up all the plays on there. And oh, yeah. That's been, my, that's, that's been my drive. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's what got me to be able to play at a higher level was the film study and just knowing knowing football, you know what I mean? So 
So right. that, that's that's what that's elevated my game. You know, what I mean, I, I was an athlete, but you know, wasn't the best athlete, and you know, I, that that was my advantage. That was that's what got me right. to the level. So just pouring back well, to the kids. That's what we're talking about now. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, and I I don't please I don't want you to think I'm taking anything away from you whatsoever, but you're getting into this at the exact right time, in the sense sure. that there's never been better resources for new coaches than there is right oh. now. I mean, I've only been coaching since oh seven, oh six, oh seven, and there's infinitely more resources now than there was in those years. Oh yeah, and so you're, you're able resource. to accelerate. What's that? <laughs> so you're the resource. Oh. Cool. You're, you're the resource. I mean, shoot. You hear that, kids? I, 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 I told you. <laughs> I got told you before this, before we got on, man. Like I, a lot of the stuff I learned with the Rip Liz, uh, you know, Seven Mile stuff like that, and came from listening to your stuff and, and some other guys, you know. And you know, they kind, you guys have kind of helped build me up. You know what I mean? As, as, That's as awesome. Coach. I'm, 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 a, I'm an extension of your coaching tree, per se. Like <laughs> <Hold> stop! <laughs> I'm blushing. Uh, it, in all seriousness, though, this is going to be this is going to kind of be a humble brag, but whatever. Um, we won a game last week, and it was um, it was a good game. I mean, it was the first round of a playoff game, and we won pretty handily. I think we run fifty six to seven, and they were just, I think the other team just the travel and some injuries and some things happened. They were just we caught them on an off night. Really good team, really good coaching staff, like stand-up guys. I love they're real physical. Arroyo Grande High School on the coast in Central California. Um, and we just played really well. But so I, you know, I was happy. But I'm not usually happy after wins. I'm relieved. I'm like, oh God, I didn't screw it up. Great, right? But <laughs> and and this is in all seriousness. Like I know I like to BS and joke, and I'm self-deprecating a lot. But I walked off the field. And I started gathering my stuff because I'm usually the first one out because I come home and either work on the pod or I just I got bad back and knee and I just want to come home and just relax. And I picked up my phone and somebody had sent a tweet that was and I apologize. I don't my phone's acting weird or I'd pull it up. But somebody was like, Coach Faust, I just want to thank you. Um, our school won its first playoff game or something, something that effect. And they had never won the playoff game. And I, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. And like, which I, I think you're, first of all, it's over emphasizing the importance of what we do. I mean, I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm, I'm it, it's makes me thrilled beyond belief to know that somebody would even think that even if it's not true, but that made me happier than my own team winning. And I know that's weird. Maybe it was just the night, the way the, everything was going but i just that meant so much to me so for and again i'm not fishing for compliments Mm -hmm. but just the fact that you know you would say that to me you know it's just that and and a lot of the times i brag about the pod like this is a little different because i talk in the q a's way more than i do when i do the interviews i just ask questions i'm not really Mm -hmm. i'm not i mean i contribute to the conversation but when i had don brown on i wasn't talking very much (laughs) right you know and no, I got the hell out the way. You know, right. when I have Coach Roberts on, who's, you know, become a friend, I would say, you know, I feel more confident asking, you know, interjecting more. But like a lot of those guys, like Burt Watts, have known for a while, and Brandon Lecter right. is my old boss. So like I feel more comfortable jumping in. But now, you know, it, it's, it, it's a weird thing. I, and we were talking about this in the pre interview. Like I come home last week, I talk into a microphone for an hour by myself. Um, 
I, I'm like no interaction with anybody. It's just a weird feeling. And then I just kind of post this on the internet and just to, just to hear that that's actually helping people. Um, Man, it's unbelievable. Like it, it was an unbelievable feeling and I am just so happy that it's mm-hmm. made some difference. Right. Hey, that's, that's what it's all about. And I appreciate you coming on here and, and, and giving back. Cause like I said, you're in the middle of a 12 and 0 magical season. Like, I'm sure there's some things you could be doing to prepare for tomorrow, even if it's just resting. And the fact that you're willing to come on and give back in the middle of the oh, grind it says a lot about you. There's no problem at all, man. At the end of the day, I'm still I'm learning too. I got a pen and pad over here too, so you know, I'm I'm, I'm learning as well. So it's it's, really it's all happy. love, man. I, I appreciate the opportunity. No, I I I uh, I uh, I'm really happy that um, that that you're on. So going back to Coach Gant's question. Um, how long after the season is over do I get working? It depends on how many games we played. So my first year at Sarah, we went to a regional championship. We played 14 games. It was a while. Uh, 14, 2014, we won 11 games. Or we, we played 10 games. We lost the first round of the playoffs. We were supposed to be way better. We got a red-hot team caught us, caught us on a bad day and ended us. And I was like, I was hungry to get better. The following mm-hmm. year is a long story. We had to forfeit the playoffs because I kind of mentioned this story about consolation football. We were made to play two consolation football games and we forfeited the second game because half our team was hurt. Like wanted to go play their other sports. It was a meaningless game. And so we said, we're not doing this. We're afraid of the, you know, you got one team that wants to win, get the most wins in school history. And the other team, like they're half the team's not even there. Quarterback broke his hand during practice because we couldn't block the scouts. It was a whole mess. Right. So in 2015, it was hard because we knew after the year it was just a, it was a disaster, and so I didn't want to touch football. I didn't touch football till April. I did nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. I didn't watch college film. I didn't watch NFL film. I didn't blog. I didn't tweet. I didn't do anything. I totally. And then that that the following year we went to the state championship game. Started 0 and 4, won 10 games in a row, and then lost by two points in the state championship game. Um, and then I stayed away and then the year we won, I actually jumped in quicker because although we did well, I felt like we were about to be, cause the Bay area and the Northern California is a little bit behind the times and, and sort of eh, relative to scheme, like a lot of wing tees and eyes and double wings and stuff. And it, it, we were starting to, if we wanted to be a perennial power, our defense need to be modernized a little bit. So when we did get to the regional games, we had built in because we were still setting our out our safeties to tight end strength instead of passing strength, and just a lot of stuff that like you can't get away with in this this time of like this in football, like you can't do it. And so, and then I ended up uh, TCU canceled my visit, so I ended up going to Georgia. So I was learning a whole new defense. I visited Georgia and Tennessee twice and Bama, so I was really invigorated because for a while I was just studying TCU, and so. And we played the same teams. Like there was a couple years at Sarah, we played the same 10 teams and they were going to do the same stuff. So after I did my self scout and like kind of poked around on like a few things that they were going to do, like there was not much to watch. And uh, this last off season I studied. So to answer your question, I'm going a long way around to answer this. I studied a lot of other defenses, but I didn't really get prepared for the season because we had five, Five new offensive coordinators. 
And there were rumors that a couple of the guys that were going to stay in the same position were going to change their offenses. So I'm like, I'm not going to go break down these teams. Right. You know, and then one of the other teams lost a bunch of guys. So even though it was the same coaches and the same scheme, it was a totally different set of people. So I'm like, I'd rather spend that time learning other defenses because, right. I mean, I'll be honest with you. We're playing a team tomorrow that we played week three. They're, I don't say totally different, but they're very different than they were nine weeks ago. Right. You know, I used to construct these game plans in the offseason. I never went back and looked at them because everybody would change. So what I will say, Terrence, to answer your question is I keep a running list of issues, things that we need to be ready for the following year. Um, and I'll research those. Like, how do we stop those? Or what did other teams do to stop those things? So anyway, long answer. Apologies. We'll move on. <laughs> Next question is from Peter Noonan, who's the DC and DB's coach at uh, Santa Gertrudis Academy in Kingsville, Texas. Dr. Noonan, as I call him. His Twitter handle is Coach Noon, like uh, 12 o'clock noon, 45. His question is defense uh, went to man concepts to defend the RPOs. What is the next chess move offense will try and do to one up defenses? I'll be honest with you. I I don't think I, I don't think we've solved it. I mean, I think. I think teams that have the ability to play man, you know, there's some things that you got to do, but I'm not, I'm, I mean, I just last weekend, we saw Nick Saban and Bill Belichick both give up over 45 points. Right. So I don't think there's really a, I think we're still behind the eight ball collectively. And, you know, we've mentioned Kyle before, but Kyle always says that the, the game is not designed for defense and he's right. I mean, you know, I was explaining to our kids today, you know, defense is plus one until they start. The quarterback starts running the football, and, and I, don't, I right. don't know if we've caught up. I will say schematically, I've seen some plays make a comeback. Like mesh, I mean, hell, even Tony Franklin wasn't running mesh. Now, I know Leach has right. always done it, and I'm not a big I, – I don't study Leach. But I do know what Tony Franklin does every year because a couple of my really good friends go to his conferences, and there was a couple of years they didn't even do mesh. They didn't put mesh in. I think you'll see some of those man beating concepts because man is coming back. Um, because to me, it was like, all right, people played the spread, they played zone, and then they said, all right, we need to get six in the box. We're going to play these match zone coverages. And then all of a sudden, the RPOs came and you had to play man. Mm-hmm. And so those man plays that kind of got, got thrown away for a little bit are back. Right. And so. And, and I, I think, too, I mean, that. That's why you're seeing, I think, a lot, a lot of those deep crosses off the play action now. You know, I mean, you're seeing a lot of those 15 to 20 yard throws being being completed now. Or even at the, at the college level, you know, starting to yeah. level. But you know, you saw McVay run it with the Rams a lot. You know, getting in tight formations, and just like you said, getting tight formations, run mesh across the field. If you're matching coverage, I mean, it's going to play like cover one. You know, especially with a lot of the one high that you know a lot of teams are trying to be based out of. So. You know, like you said, I mean, it's just that, I mean, offense, like you said, offense is always going to have the upper hand. You know, we're always going to be playing, you know, playing on the, the defense. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. no pun intended, but we're always going to be on the defense right. trying, to, trying to figure out the next, trying to figure out how to, how to stop their next move. And they're already one move ahead. So, yeah, that's, I don't, that's, that's, the, that's the best part about defense. That's why I love coaching defense, man. That challenge every play, you know what I mean? Trying to figure out what, what you're going to do to get your guys in the right position and, and, and get in and make a play. That's what it's all about. Right. I mean, I'm not, Peter, I, I, you know, I'm not an offensive guy by, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Noonan. I'm not a offensive guy by trade. So I'm not in this. This is actually a question. This is a great question. This is my question, all my offensive friends. And I haven't, I'll be real honest with you. I mean, 
the the all 22 films starting to come out and i'm starting to get emails and I, we're still playing and so that's the last i mean i'm still trying to consume the film that i got last july june and july that like when i went on my travels and i didn't even get to watch all of it like i'm still trying to i haven't even got through all the 2018 bama film let alone 2019 but i will say this just off the top of my head from what i have seen from my own experiences and again i don't watch a ton of college football um i'll watch a game or two but i will say this the man beaters coming back um, and I'm, I think you're going to start seeing because of man, you're going to start to see, cause teams didn't motion for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, tempo was king. So nobody was motioning. I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see less concepts. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe concepts, but more like we're going to use different formations, motion trades. I think you're going to see some of that come back. And I think you're going to start to see some more 12 personnel. And again, I know that people are already starting to do that. But at the college level, teams that can get those tight ends that have gone to a spread, like yeah, Bama and Georgia still use tight ends because they're still they're just a pro style offense that runs RPOs. Yep. Some of these schools like the Oregon's of the world that aren't really known for their t- and I know they had a couple tight ends, but they weren't. You know, a lot of these teams look at the Big Twelve. I mean, a couple years ago, everybody and their brother ran either ten or twenty personnel. Right. And I talked to a two two quality control coaches in the Big 12 this year. And they said to me, they see zero 10 personnel. Not zero. They see very little 10 personnel. And I was like, wait, what? Mm. He said, yeah, the Big 12 is an 11 personnel league. And it's funny because a couple years ago, I got a team's kind of in-season call sheets and game plans and things uh, for uh, defense in the Big 12. And half the teams, their number one personnel group was 10. So you're starting to see it already. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so that that's kind of where I think it's going to go. It's not so much plays, but it's formations and motions. And then, you know, bringing back those man beaters, like the pick, uh, I call it pick in and pick out where the outside guy's going to, it's like slant wheel, but it's, you know, they stutter step and there's a clear pick for one guy or the other. Um, and then anything to mess with leverages in the run game. So. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna play man, do stuff where you get in like uh nub tight end, let's say it's you know, nub tight end with three receivers to one side to the other side, motion the back out of the backfield, try to get them on a linebacker. It's just stuff like that, like stuff you used to see that Boise used to do to mess with teams like that. Anyway. Uh did you have anything to add to that in terms of what you think that I know you kind of jumped in and but is there anything else that you can think of that you, you would uh um, not not from an offensive standpoint. That's that's about it. I mean, is it, football is just like I think uh, microcosm life. You know, it's just a cycle. It's gonna go back to where it started. You know, and you talk about the Big Twelve getting back to more tight ends. You know, I, I'm really interested. To see, you know, I'm local here in Kansas City. Interested to see how Kansas State, you know, affairs uh, in the Big Twelve under uh, the new coaching staff from North Dakota State. You know, and, and see how their influence of bringing that kind of power, you know, back to the Big Twelve. See if that influenced anyone else to you know, take that path. Uh, so I, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, they're gonna, everything's going to go back to to the beginning. You know, like I said, the mesh routes, working against leverage, you know, in the run and the pass game, you know, working against those alley players and, you know, finding different ways that to, to change leverage with, with routes and flooding the, flooding the formation. Yeah, I think you're going to find coaches this offseason because myself included, I think a lot of people saw Manfrey as the answer. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, yours truly, you know, we played a lot of man and we thought we had solved the problem. And I mean, I'm not telling any secrets. We've got our, if you've seen our defense this year, we got absolutely picked apart man coverage. And it's the first time in my coaching career that that's happened. Mm-hmm. And I was able to bring five and six man pressures and things and play man free. And, right. you know, and, and it's funny. One of the best things that happened to our defense this year, to be completely honest with you, was one of my corners kept getting burned on fade balls. And, and he was, a, he's a great kid and a great player, but he just, these tall receivers going up and then he started losing confidence and he started like, running and then like basically jumping back instead of jumping up. So he like was getting no air. Just then he started doing just crazy stuff. Right. So we moved him to our nickel and we brought in our best receiver as the other corner. Cause the offensive staff was finally like, yeah, take, take him. You were getting roasted. And right. it totally changed our defense. Cause that kid was a really good football player that was getting burned on the fade balls. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause early in the year, we're, the, the team we're playing this year, we, we put a man on man on their best guy. who was really good. And he, he controlled him pretty well. And, if I was to do that this weekend, yeah, I, we would lose by 28. And I love the kid. And he, he, I'm not telling you anything. Right. He ain't going to listen to this anyway. But we, we found a new position for him. And he replaced a guy who was a little bit slower and bigger. And we've bec- and, he, and he's a better blitzer than that guy. And he's a better. We can, right. like, I feel so confident playing Stubby now. Oh, like yeah. I would close my eyes when we would play Stubby. We, that's all we've played for a couple games. And it's made our defense as a whole better. And it's funny how sometimes that works out. But my point is, I think coaches are going to, I think you're going to see people try to fix, go back to some more of the quarter stuff. Guys like me who was like, Oh yeah, let's play man. And then I'm like, no, actually I don't want to play any man. <laughs> no more man. And uh, try to fix. Cause that was our safety blanket. Oh, we just play man. We'll be fine. And then that actually became our Achilles heel. And I'm going to leave. There's a couple things I don't like talking about. There's very few things, but I'm going to leave some crumbs for you guys. There's a way to play quarters and chase the dive. Cause that's my big thing is being able to be able to sit at the end and chase the dive and still play quarters and not get your overhangs involved and not have to play three down. And it can be done. And I figured this out and it's been super good for us. And I can now I, it's simplified a lot of things we have to do, but anyway, hmm. okay. Yeah, we'll have to talk. We'll do that. And I, and I don't mean to be cryptic or anything. I just, I, this is one of the things that like, as from a competitive standpoint, like I have a lot of, um, I think a lot of our opponents listen to this and I don't nec- necessarily want to shoot myself in the foot with something that I've come up with that I think actually works. And I think it's confused a few people. And I believe me, there's not many things I've come up with right, that are original right. and good. I've, that's a lot of stuff I've come up with. It's, it's usually torture, but Anyway, hey, if, uh, if Apple comes up with a, a good a good idea, they get the patent for about five years so anybody else can use it. So you're good. You got it. You got it. <laughs> I'm going to be getting people in the DMs like, what, what is it? What is it? <laughs> um, all right. So this is kind of part two of the question from earlier, but it's a little different. This is from Joe Tebe. I think I got this right. He's a linebackers coach at New Brighton High School in New Brighton, Pennsylvania. Great dude. His Twitter handle is at tabs. T-A-B-S-052. And his question is, what does your off-season analysis include? So our last question, a couple questions ago from uh, Terrence was, you know, when do you get into it? Um, but Joe's asking, what is in your off-season analysis? I'll let you take this one first. 
for me, um, I'm, I'm scouting myself as soon as possible. Um, you know, if we're talking about offseason now, so, you know, I want to find out where my weak points were, um, you know, and, and, and kind of look at it, analyze it from a perspective of finding out who the guys we won't have, you know, first, uh, who's the guys that will be filling those spots, um, and then kind of taking a gauge and see the stuff we did, you know, obviously the stuff we're going to need to prove on, but are there things we can carry over next year and still be able to run, or do we feel like, okay, we have a, you know, like you spoke about just previously, you know, have maybe have a guy um, here we make a winner start off of this position, uh, and we feel like maybe he, he can go somewhere else and help us next year, you know, those, those type of things. I think, um, you know, you think about roster, roster analysis, I think, uh, in those type of situations. But, but again, I'm really looking at a lot of myself and, and what I'm calling and, and kind of kind of figuring out what I need to study in the offseason. You know what I mean, like you said, you talked talk about, you know, going to the different clinics and getting around different um, coaching material and playbooks, things like that. And I'm just trying to figure out, again, what, what, I, what do I not know? You know what I mean? And then try to figure that out. And, you know, just try to become a better player. You know, I think – you know, just taking the same process and the same stride as you would if you're a player in the offseason. You know, I mean, you're trying to, as my dad explained to me, you're kind of like a, uh, like, you know, big, he was a big drag race fan. And, you know, he, he, he compared the offseason kind of to, you know, going out off the strip after the race. You know, you don't take a victory lap. You know, you go right to the pit and kind of figure out, you know, what what's the problem? What do we need to get fixed so we can get back on the road? So, you know, I mean, I, that's kind of the, the mindset I take with it. And, you know, it, 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 I feel like it's a good one to kind of approach that offseason. Yeah, I mean, and I've talked about this before. I think I talked about this when I did my uh, solo pod last week. You know, my offseason, because that's a question I'm getting a lot of now. Guys are winding down or they're already done. Is I don't really have, I mean, I've done official. Here, here's what happened. And I give a lot of crap to the analytics community in some respects. Uh, and just for the record, I, I do like analytics. I think they have their place. Um. But I think sometimes you have to see what's going on that the numbers won't just tell you your case in point. Right. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe they're laughing at me. Being like, well, you did it wrong, idiot. Of course it didn't work. <laughs> a couple years ago, we got rid of um, in TC world pinch double smoke. So just easy blitz pinch off each side, a, 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 a safety or backer off each edge. Right. Depending on the surface, you switch it. It's one of our top short yardage blitzes. I was going to get rid of it because the numbers said well, you gave up like 30 yards. We ran like five or six times. We gave up like 20 or 30 yards of play, which of course you would get rid of that. Um, You know, like this isn't good. And then I had somebody, some friends being like, no, nah, yeah, we got rid of this. And then as the, as the, so as the off season went on, I was like, all right, I'm going to get rid of the splits. And a couple of buddies of mine actually says, oh man, you know, it's a great blitz. This. And I was like, yeah, we're going to get rid of it. And we did the numbers and everything. And and so my my old boss came out and we watched it. And we we went and watched like all the snaps of it. And it was actually a good blitz. We had guys at the point of attack that just missed the tackle. Now you could say, well, you know, if you weren't zero blitzing, you might have another guy on another level to make the play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if he's coming from this angle or you have more eyes on the football, there's somebody else that can be there. But I mean, these were literally just dead tackles, like missed dead ass tackles. Right. And a couple of them, we had like two unblocked guys at the point of attack and the back just made a crazy move and it would have been any call. It would have been, it would have been a problem. And we weren't right. playing that team anymore. We weren't playing that back anymore. And so I stopped and I went, this is actually a good call. We had a guy, we had basically a guy loose every time. We just happened to miss the tackle. 
Well, then I kept doing some digging and I realized we were only ran it versus these two really good teams that no matter, and I hate to cop out, but no matter what we would have done, it wouldn't have worked. And right. I mean, this is the year that we were also went to a state title, uh, state title game and lost by two points. So we were not terrible. These two teams were just unbelievable. And so my old boss, I put it on. I said, I'm thinking about getting rid of this call. Let's watch it. And we put it on. He's like, that's a great call, you know, and, and, you know, I kind of talked about that already, but and he started pointing out to me that it's not the call. It's it's the it's the and he he wasn't even a fan of the call really himself. He just was like, Yeah, I'm not a biggest fan of this call, but for other reasons, mm-hmm. this is great. This is a great call. And he really just stopped and you know kind of guided me through the plays. And I and I knew what I was seeing, but it just took somebody that you respect and really care about right. to kind of Point hold your out. hand and literally be like, Okay, let's stop this. And so right. I go, I watch it. Uh, the one thing I do, I'll, I'll tell you where I really pay attention to, and it changes every year. I pay attention to the formations that we got from the previous year because I had an epiphany a couple of years ago, like, because uh, I'm a dumbass, is I would sit there and I'd be like, what routes do we, should we work on today? And mm-hmm. I would sit there and I'd try to figure all these routes, and I'm like, hey, idiot, why don't you just go back and what were the big routes you got from last year? I know, you know right. earth-shattering, groundbreaking, just, you know, so what are you going to see, you know? And, and so that's something that I I'm trying to, you know, do is to use that data to, to really inform what we're going to do for spring ball. Right. But in terms of, in terms of the analysis, I watch the games, I write down things, you know, and really, I don't, please don't take this the wrong way, but, um, if you're having to wait till the off season to analyze what you're doing to, make huge changes i don't think you're going about the right way um now uh, at the at the end of the day you do need to kind of put a bow on it and so i I do think it has its place but besides watching the games and writing down things that we need to work on or hey you know we really got killed on motion this year we should work on it more earlier you know but i'm doing that every week i have a thing on my board right now that says things to work for 2020 and anytime i see something like we need to work on tackling earlier whatever so Right. Yeah. The organization's key, man. I that's what I think that's where I gotta get at, you know, being a a young DC man. I got I I gotta be able to take that time. I'm so much in the moment, you know what I mean? And I get like that in the game sometimes where I'm so much in the moment that I, you know, I don't analyze and realize everything else is going around me. You know, so I, I that's something I definitely gotta work on. You know, it's finding those weaknesses now, writing them down and then now that way you don't have to do as much digging, you know what I mean, through the film. You already know, hey, we gotta work on this. We need to look into this. Right. Put your being set up. My next question comes from Bruno Brepole, defensive coordinator in Brazil. His Twitter handle is at Coach Brepole. That's B R E P O H L. My man, uh, I got to hit him up on Twitter to see how the season's going. All right. So, this is his question. We are facing a team that plays a lot of I formation. It's basically power football, ISO power, dive, toss. I was wondering in general, how would you plan for this sort of run game? We struggle against offenses like this. Any tips or plays you like out of four down? Actually, I caution teams to or coaches to buy into the magic bullet because especially with a, with a sound system really has an answer for everything. Mm-hmm. But I think against certain offenses like the eye, you can, I think you can really eliminate what a team does in two or three calls. I mean, if everything's equal or close to equal now, if they have, you know, Randy Moss playing X, well then, okay, you know, you got a problem. <laughs> Right. But, um, I mean, 
you know, you're just flat out better than them. But, but I will tell you this, I actually, I never really told the story in public or on like this, this sort of medium. So, um, we ran a coverage at Millsaps called blue pitch. And if anybody knows the TCU world blue is their quarters and pitch, this is an old Patterson thing. Pitch means that usually the strong safety has the pitch and the deep safety, the free safety has the quarterback to pitch. But pitch tells the safeties that the down safety has the quarterback and the deep safety has the pitch. So it's it's an old triple option call. Mm-hmm. Well, so we were playing a split back year team, De La Salle High School in 2013, and I was freaked out a little bit about playing the 4-4 defending outside veer because I didn't want to put my inside linebacker on the dive. To right. me, that's just suicide. That's just my opinion. And so right. I was thinking about blue pitch, and I asked my old boss, uh, Brandon Lechtenberg, I was like, hey, when we ran blue pitch, because we didn't do a lot of it at Millsaps, because we see a lot of 21 personnel. I said, hey, when you play blue pitch, do you box or spill? And I was talking about the strong safety, because blue pitch is three techniques, six techniques, strong safety walked up on the line in a nine technique. Well, he said yes, but he was talking about the linebackers because by rule, the TCU linebackers box the ball themselves unless they get a certain call. And they may get that certain call more often than not, but that's just how they teach it from day one. Right. So when he said yes, he was talking about the inside linebackers. I was talking about the safety. So a miscommunication ended up leading to the best two-back defense I've ever seen, personally. (laughs) Uh, and so I kind of take credit for coming up with it, I guess, but basically it's a three technique, a six technique, a walked up guy who's playing an under front Sam. He's cocked into the 45. He's reading the tackle If the tackles out on him. He boxes it in the safety. That's six to 10 yards off three yards outside. will fit outside in on that. If the tight end blocks down, he will spill. He will come flat down the line. We call it stack and press is the thing I got from Patrick Walsh when we coached together at Sarah. We're going to come down the line. We're going to press up field. And it with the three technique and the six technique, it is really hard with that extra nine technique safety up on the line or backer to, to, to run power. I mean, I don't know how you do it. And so that would be my starting point. So yep. that that's my starting point. Now, the backside, you can do a, very, you know, a variation of things. That is, I'm carrying it into a game. If I know I'm getting 21 personnel is the first thing I'm doing. Now, the great thing about the 4-4 or 4-2-5, if you line it up like that, is, to me, you outnumber the offense to the weak side. Now, because most people ran like 4-4 cover three or 4-4 robber, you would put your free safety over the guard to the tight end side or over the center. Well, now, because you've moved them outside the tight end, you got to balance up your front. So I would combine that call with a, a slant week with the line. But even if they run counter, they, the tackle blocks down to the backside linebacker. The backside guard pulls and kicks the end. The backside tackle wraps up and gets the will. Like say, Let's say they block it perfectly. You still have the overhang safety there with nobody on them. Right. Now, if they tunnel it up inside, even if the end gets one for one, let's just say the end should get a twofer on an open side like that. So let's just say, for argument's sake, they're really good, and you can't get a two-for-one. You still get one-for-one. So you spill the guard. The tackle wraps up around for the will. He spills it. 
Now, nobody's got the mic, the run through in the mic in the A gap. Who's going to block him? The guard's got to go down on the G. The, the center has to block back on the three technique. So nobody's got the mic. So the mic may have a run through unless you have an all world tackle that can get back. Now, I know there's probably offensive guys listening to this and going, oh, we can get that block. Okay, well, then you win. Right. <laughs> or I still got you by the asses. You got nobody for my weak side overhang. Right. So you, you, the end tries to, and you can log them all day. I don't care. But the wheel spills the next block. The mic is either going to run through or he's going to jump over the top. And then the safety is nobody's on him. So mm. what are you going to do? Power fits the same way. It's just the guards pulling for the wrap and the fullback's kicking. Now right. you really should get two for one if they're blocking you like that. And it's hard to get the two for one when the guard's pulling and kicking. But if you're getting weak side power, if you can't get the fullback to come to you and the guard, then you fire that defensive end. So that takes care of the weak side. And then strong side, you don't have the numbers, but you have that surface. Who's going to run to that? Right. Now, with your list of plays, the one play that would worry me a little bit is dive. Because if they can, if they run it inside or ISO, you got to be careful. Weak side ISO, you have them outnumbered. And if they go to twins, what I would do is I would, if they're a power run team, I would flip the corners and I'd play corners over zone. So play like palms or four, or whatever you want to call it, between the corners, and I'm locking the box. We're playing two on two over there with the third guy coming out late to basically play the curl, and we're locking the box and we're playing nine on nine football. Here we come. So at that point, I don't know what you do. I don't know. We've played, and again, I'm going to say this and then we're going to get killed, but. I've played some of the best two-back teams in the country. St. Francis of Mountain View, De La Salle. I mean, the best high school football team program ever. I mean, just in terms of wins and, and mystique and movies and, I mean, all the national championships, mythical national championships. When we played them, they got us on a bundle. We never beat them, but they, but we, they could not run counter because how do, you, how do you run on a three, a six, and a spelling nine? You could log, but now you have a safety who's out leveraging, so you got to throw the football. Yep. So... That has been my, we paired that with uh, the line slanting to the tight end and bringing a guy off the backside and playing Robert to the front side, man to the backside. And I can't tell you how much defense we eliminated just doing those two things. Because you pair them together, it looks exactly the same. And it really takes, if you pair those two together, it should take care of everything. Now, if they have a dominant X receiver, that's where it can get tricky. And that's where you might have to do some things. Um help on that but if you're into the boundary that x should be close so you can play like you know blue pitch to the field and halves of the boundary but the corner traps and so he trails late if it's a pass and you get the safety over the top there's some things that you can do but that is just if you take nothing else away from what i just said i know that's a long answer cock him into the 45 put your eyes on the nike or the tip of the shoulder pad whatever you want to say and if he blocks out or reaches you stay outside and the safety that six six aiming point is straight ahead because that's where the ball will end up because it's going to spill. Right. And now nobody's got your mic. Because even if you're pulling your backside guard up for the mic, how are you going to get to him? You're going to pull him up right. through the A-gap? Okay, maybe. But that guy's gone. As soon as he gets a pull call, he's out of there. Yep. And so experiment with that. And you can do that out of the under. Now, the thing I don't like about the under is if you get, and I know this is blasphemous to say, is you can still get two double teams at the point of attack. You can double the G right. or you can double the one or the shade or the two, whatever, two I. And you can double the five. Now, in power, there's some certain angles and some certain plays that teams don't like. And so I would play over with the blue pitch. I would play under with the blue pitch. I'd have a way to double the X. 
I'd have, and then I, what I would do is I line up an over and slant weak, and I line up an under and slant strong, and I would have that blitz I'm talking about. Blitz split inside, slant the line, and you, that's all you need to stop the eye, in my humble opinion. And if you can't, it's probably a personnel issue. I said a lot. I know it's a long answer, but I really believe in that, and I've won a lot of big games using that. And games with, I mean, I'm talking about guys that were U.S. Army All-Americans pulling around. I mean, this, these were not right. one game where, where they're pulling a U.S. Army All-American, a Division One guard, a fullback who's 270, and a tailback who, who starts at Oregon now. I mean, these are not, I'm not playing, you know, Our Lady of a Worthless Miracle. I mean, we're, play, right. <laughs> we're playing some good teams. I mean, so right. anyway. So, Coach, if you have anything to add to that, please feel free. Uh, not really. I mean, for us, we've been fortunate enough uh, with with uh, a pretty good defensive line. You know, we got a you know some guys that you know all state wrestlers. Um, one kid who's got a off off from K State right now. So we we've, we've been fortunate really to been able to manhandle uh, most of the fronts we or most of the offensive line we've seen. Uh, so we we've been able to play pretty much basic uh, you know two five techniques in the nose, um, and then just playing with our linebackers downhill. Um, and getting our safety in the box, either playing bud, some type of buzz or uh, just playing regular rip lids rules. Um, but really just being physical at the, at the point of attack, you know, like I said, having those guys that are athletic and having that wrestling background has really been a, a big help for, for our guys and, and being able to be agile and understand how to work leverage and things like that. You know, the thing I always with defensive linemen is just, especially in high school, is just working on staying square and not just shoulder charging up gaps. And understanding that you know that's how creases happen and big plays happen and just get you far off the field. But you know for the for the most part we we've done a good job against the run. You know last week we played a team that was running a you know double wing you know outside veer, um, you know midline quarterback key type stuff. And you know it, it was it was a struggle. You know it was a struggle for us a little bit until we made adjustments at halftime. We just went with a five net front and put our outside. We had played a, a three three backer box and put our outside linebackers uh, basically hit almost inside shade of the uh, the tight end. And letting them play all right off the edge and like the A and take go down and get the fullback. So, um, you know, we did that and we we end up you know winning winning double overtime. So, you know, just finding those different uh different type of adjustments. You know, what I mean, for me, I've been like I said being a young guy, I'm still learning. You know, what I mean, and, and trying to figure out what's the best best way to to help my team get in the best position to go go make a play. Yeah, it's funny when I was younger, I had. Two back defense coming out of my ears. I we, we play, and I, I talked about this not too long ago, but we had the bear, which I love. And there's nothing wrong with the bear, but when you only see, you know, it got to be where we're only seeing one and two 21 personnel teams a year. Right. It's like, well, why am I going to carry and teach the stand up seven technique and all? That's hard. That's it's a hard right, technique yeah. to do. You know, you're teaching your weak side safety in the four two five, who 10 years ago was more of a linebacker type. Now he's right. basically a really smart guy who's not athletic enough to play corner right um put him in a 40 technique and i gotta teach him how to play linebacker i mean it's it's misery now you gotta teach your strong safety yeah. you have to pass rush off the edge it's just so we figured we got different ways to do to it and we have eliminated we were bringing four from a side we were playing all this crazy stuff and we were able to with those three calls that kind of said over under and then that that light uh we call it lightning you know where we're bringing the backside safety and slam the line and then again, slanting out of over to under, slanting out of under to over. And it depends on your kids. Like, I, I, I'm i going to be honest. I've got some pretty good defense alignment. I have a kid who's going to who's number one on Oregon's board for 2021 as a run stopper. 
I'm not slanting him too much. Right. <laughs> you know, right. so we would stem pre-snap, but if we got smaller guys and slant to it. So anyway, I do have a question for you. It's not exactly 21i formation, mm-hmm. but I want to kind of pick your brain on it. And I don't know if you've seen this before because we saw it the last couple of years. And so I'm always selfishly looking for answers. Have you played any single wing teams recently or anybody that you play that runs that? And if so, what have you done versus it? No, I haven't seen any single wing teams. Um, No, not this year. We didn't see any. I can't remember last year. I don't believe we saw any either. That's one I haven't haven't seen. I haven't ran into yet. Well, when you do, be careful. (laughs) (laughs) That offense is humbled. A wing man, I'm I'm always nervous. I mean, it's just it's, just, it's easy leverage on that end. I mean, you don't you can just you know he's he's kind of uncomfortable because uh, he's not a tight end where you say for us if we get a tight end, you know we'll line him up in our our if we're a nickel he'll be like you know head up on the tight end. Um, but you know now he's got a guy kind of off the ball in a weird position. You don't see it that often, and I don't know. I feel like some guys just kind of go go crazy because they they just don't see the single wing formation as much. You know. Yeah. Uh, as as they as as it used to be around. Interesting. Well, I appreciate it. Nonetheless, if, yeah. you, if you come up with anything or come across anything, I'm always ears. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just those linebackers. I mean, it's just cross in that wing. I think that's just a tough thing to be able to be able to teach guys without you know having the proper time to to give them that technique. Yeah, no, it is tough. So you got one more question left, and then a bonus question. If if I can steal a few more minutes of your time. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so our last official question comes from Mike Kerr, who is the head coach of Mount Vernon High School in Mount Vernon, Ohio, returning champion, question asking. Uh, his question starts with a statement. Thanks for all you do. Well, thank you, Mike. Thanks for all you do. You talk a lot about visiting colleges in the offseason. How do you go about setting up those visits? Do you have a specific contact at the school, and do you, or do you just cold call the football office? Just wondering how the process works. Thanks. So, um. Do you want to take this one first? Um, no, because honestly, I want to hear your answer because that's what I'm trying to get. I'm trying to do this <laughs> all season. <laughs> so, okay. So I'm going to be very honest with you. Um, a couple things. One is there's a couple ways to do it. For example, I go to Georgia every year. Well, I say every year. Last two years, and I'm going to go next year. 90%. I just talked to the co-DC today, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, I have an in with him because I met him when we were puppies at AFCA, my first AFCA. He was like 18. I was like 23. And we <laughs> got in contact. And when TCU canceled my, I guess apparently they canceled a bunch of visits last year. Um, but, or, and it's not the last year, 2018. My buddy's like, hey, you should come to Georgia with us. And I wanted to go see my mom. And my dad lives outside of Atlanta. My mom lives in Orlando. So I was like, yeah, I was pissed off about you know the whole TCU thing. I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of relying on one school. If I'm going to learn another right. defense, I've always wanted to learn the Saban stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go to to Georgia. I know a guy there. And I thought he, I, I told Glenn this story. I, hope, I was like, I hope you feel it. And <laughs> I hope you understand. I'm just messing around. But. It is true. I thought he was like a GA or like a lower level assistant. He was he's the, he was the linebackers coach and uh, is now the co DC. So that helps Jeremy Pruitt. I got his phone number. I got a couple things working for me. One, I'm completely shameless. I'm I'm not. Ex- it's funny. I can be shy in a lot of situations. It's easy for me to talk all you know spicy when I'm behind a computer. I'm a real tough guy, but 
in all honesty, like, um, you know, I can be kind of shy in some, like I used to be in a band and used to have to sell our record and it made my skin crawl. But with something up, there's something mental, uh, whatever the opposite of a block is, but those brain waves are open and I don't care. I, I am totally shameless. Somebody gave me Pruitt's number. I'm like, yo, my name's Chris Vassar. I coached at the school. And basically, Chris King from John Bosco and I have a routine where basically he lets me use his name and I'll do most of the legwork. Not that Chris wouldn't do it. I just enjoy doing it. So I'm like, yeah, my name is Chris. I'm from here. But uh, we have Bosco and then Bosco and then Bosco this and Bosco that. So the the the, the carpet usually comes out. Um, I mean, some of it has been guys who contacted me. I don't want to say anything to jinx it but there's been a couple of schools that uh guy just started following me on twitter qc and was like i'd be like hey thanks for the follow and i thought i was just following me because you know recruiting and he's like no i'm a fan of the pod whatever you need let me know i'd love to have you out right which so that's kind of opened some doors for me and now i kind of i hate talking about this because i'm sound like a total douche but i mean with the podcast and the relationship snowball for example Here's a good one. I interviewed Joe Moorhead, head coach of Mississippi State. Well, I, he had been on USA football. He'd done some USA football stuff, but I contacted him um, separately from that. Actually, he followed me. Somebody posted a clip of Mississippi State's offense. Somebody asked me what they thought I thought was happening. I actually got into back and forth with a guy who subsequently become friends with. And we had a little <laughs> bit of a disagreement. I was kind of a dick. And uh, he followed me, and I said, thanks for the follow, coach. And he goes, you know, you were spot on about that analysis of what we did. I'm like, what you read that? Wow. And he's like, yeah. And then he explained the whole play to me. And he goes, let me know if you ever need anything. Damn. Well, I was putting together a list of guests for the pod over at USA football. And, you know, I, I reached out to Joe and he agreed to do it. Well, then I asked him because he mentioned Todd Orlando at Texas. And so he said, well, Todd, you know, Todd's, I don't know if that's his thing or whatever, but would you like Don Brown? I'm like, are you, are you shitting me? Would I like Don Brown? Yes. So now I can go to Don Brown and say, Hey, you know, Joe makes a call for me and says, Hey, there's this, there's this guy that does this podcast. You're going to have a lot of fun. Cause I, you know, we actually asked football questions. And so then it just snowballs. So now I'm working on a couple sec coordinators that now I can say, Hey, Joe Moorhead and Don Brown has done the podcast. You should do the podcast. And another situation where a GA reached out to me or through a friend, love the podcast, dude, keep it up. Um, and now I can use that as an end. And then it just snowballs from there. So, so my lesson to the guys that want to get into these places, don't be afraid to be shameless. And don't be afraid to like, you're not bothering these guys. That's their job is to reach out to coaches. And there's some guy, um, I don't want to get in trouble. There's a certain college head coach who's a legend. I'm going to say this who would be a lot better if he had a better outreach program with coaches. And I'm sure you can connect the dots who it is. I will not confirm or deny. And he's a dick <laughs> to high school coaches and he limits access and he, and they have a lot, they do a lot of unique stuff. So I understand where it's coming from, but you could do a lot better in recruiting. If you took your head out of your ass and realized you did not invent the game and that building relationships with coaches actually matters. And not right. from a perspective of, hey, I want your kid, so I'm going to be nice to you now. Right. You know, coaching is not transactional. This is not a transactional profession. I help you, Michael, if you needed something, not because I'm going to get something in return, but because we, at, at the heart of all this, we're teachers. Right. Um, anyway, rant over. 
but for you young guys that are at these big programs, see, I got some guys that listen that are younger and that are at some big programs and they don't know any different. They're like, I'm at a power five school and I'm 21 or 22 or maybe even a little older. Like, just remember, you need us, us being high school coaches, not just me, Chris Vassar. I'm just, a, I'm a nobody. But I, and I, when I said you need me, I meant, I want to make sure this gets communicated clearly. You need high school coaches more than high school coaches need college coaches. I don't want you to right. think like I was saying like me, like Chris Vassar. And so young guys, be humble. Glenn was, Glenn Schumann, I'll, I'll use it as an example. Because uh, Again, I talked about him already. He was 18 years old at Bama. He didn't have to be nice to me. I was some slap junior college coach. Now I'm just a slap high school coach. <laughs> but he took the time to like explain things to me. Derek Ansley, he, he didn't know me, met with me at a bar after it had closed. Um, and we talked football. And he's now the DC at University of Tennessee. He was a GA at Alabama. You know, he's asking me to grade his scrimmage film last year, which I thought was a joke at first, but he he made Chris King and I grade his scrimmage film. No joke. I thought he was kidding, and then he called three hours later. He's like, so what'd you think? I'm like, oh, you were you were serious. Oh, my bad. But Derek and I go back 10 years. I will, oh, if I have a chance to put in a good word for whatever school he's at, because not just because he was nice to me, but because of the relationship that he built, the time that he took, I got to know Derek. And so when you're just in a sea of people, and I know this guy, I'm obviously going to suggest him. And I know he's a hell of a coach. I mean, he's not a slap. Right. And so you young guys who are on the other side of this, like, how do I build? Cause I've had, I've actually had college coaches, young college coaches reach out to me and say, how do I, how do I build relationship with high school coaches? Time. Mm. Time is your most valuable asset. Right. You know, and, and don't say things that, you know, you can't follow through with. So that's my, that's my message to the uh, the un uh, the question that nobody asked that I'm answering. But yeah, I mean, I, I would reach out and just stay on it. And 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 even if you're at a school that's not very good, and I'm not saying you are, uh, Coach Kerr. I don't I don't know to be honest with you. The good ones will take the time, and to be honest with you, if they don't want to take the time, then they're not worth talking to. And mm-hmm. and I mean, there's very few guys that you're like like all right, I, I still want to learn this stuff, even though you're a dick. Uh, but I mean, if you, Twitter's a powerful tool, reach out, ask for dates, strike up conversations. And here's my other, uh, contact or my other piece of advice. Don't try and get Todd Grantham on the phone at UF. I'm just using him as an example. I don't know Todd from anywhere. In fact, I respect the hell out of him, but go talk to guys like, I, I might put him on blast here, but you know, Ryan Osborne, who's at Florida is a younger guy. He's a, a GA there, I believe. Yeah, he's a GA. He's a great dude. If you want to, if you want to get into Florida and you want to visit, talk to Ryan. Don't try and, and, and go for these the coordinators and stuff. You know, they, 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 a lot of them can't be bothered. And again, this is not this is not a shot at Todd or anything like that. I do not know Todd at all. I just all I've heard is great things about him, and he loves high school coaches. I'm just he's the first thing that came to mind. Um, but build relationships with the younger guys. Because they want to build relationships with you too. Nick Saban, I'm sure, could care less about me. You know, I, I, in fact, I know he can because I met him face to face and he looked at me like I had three heads. Um, I'll, I'll tell that story one day on the pot. Um, but, you know, Jake Long was a GA there, t- took a lot of time and spent with me. 
you know, because they want to get in the business and they want to build those relationships and they're building for the future too. So the, the, that's my two cents on all that stuff. So, all right, coach, last question. I hope, did I, did I answer your, your, your question? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll, you can pack me up in a suitcase, take me on that road trip. But you, if you get to Alabama or Georgia, let me know. Yeah, I keep getting that. <laughs> hey, can I come with you next year? I'm like, dude, they, like, I bet they get that so much. I know. And I feel bad because I, I like, I'm, you know, like I went to Bama two years ago. So, so going back to the question. So two years ago in 2018, I say two off seasons ago, mm. Tosh LePoy was the defensive coordinator in Alabama. Well, Tosh coach was coached by the head coach, Sarah and uh, Patrick's brother played with Tosh in high school. Well, Patrick's brother was my D line coach for years. So I had a little bit of an in. This past year, I got Pete Golding's phone number from, uh, I will never say, and I cold call, texted him and said, my name's Chris Fasser. I coached at Clovis High School. I came last year. I learned more in a couple of days than I ever could have imagined. Can I please come and visit again? I will not bother you. I will not. If you just put me in a room, I'm resourceful. I know XOs. Just, you don't have to babysit me. Nobody has to, you know, I kind of sold that. Like, I just want to watch film. Okay, sounds good. Let me know when you're here. There's some other schools that I that had confirmed to me that I could come, and then I could never get a hold of them afterwards. So I mean, everybody's different, but you know, it it works both ways. Sometimes I know there's a school I, again I will not say where I've very close with one of the coaches there. I've slept on the floor of his apartment, like, and now I can't get in there. But yet I can, you know. Ron Roberts is like, come on out. Patrick Tony, who I barely knew and talked to at ULL, who's having a phenomenal season, by the way. Congrats to Coach Roberts. He just got nominated for the Boyles Award today. Mm. Um, you know, time. come on out. Don't know me from Adam, but come on out. And that's the kind of the right. weird and frustrating part. You know, I can yeah. get an Alabama for two consecutive years with who has a reason to be secretive with no right. problem. And then there's these slap schools that are like, oh, no, you can't come here. I'm like, right. listen, relax. All right. Bonus question. Uh, I usually just for anybody who's listening. I I appreciate those. If you have a question, please ask um, on the form because it's all in one place at texting me and especially because we're still playing and tweeting me and stuff. I don't usually remember. I happen to remember this one, but if you have a question, please, um, Send it through the form, which is you can find on the website, www.coachvast.com. You go to podcast, the form's at the top. Or basically every week, I'm like, hey, it's pod day. Here's the form. And my other thing, and, I, and I'm going to say this as nicely as possible. If you have a question this time of year and you are not playing anymore and it's not time sensitive, please, if you can, if you don't mind, hold on to it for a couple weeks. When we're done playing, you can, I'll talk to you as much as you can, but there's some guys like I'm going to prioritize right now guys that are still playing and that need an answer for something now. Cause I'm coaching. I mean, I, I barely have time to eat, let alone like do this, all this other stuff. And so, you know, if it's a question, like a big picture question, like, Hey, we're thinking about overhauling our defense. What do you think? Let's talk in a couple of weeks. And I don't mean to be a jerk. I just, I I want to help people, but I got to prioritize right now. Like if this is not time sensitive, let's talk when uh, when I'm done. So right. anyway, there's my uh, my qualifier. So here's my question. Okay, and I'll or here's the bonus question. And coach, you can take this one first if you have an answer for it. 
Okay. Okay. This is from Steven Riggins, who's at Stevie Ray 60. This is actually a DM. Hey, coach, finishing up my Saturday ritual of listening to your pod and trying to jog. Probably not your usual audience. I'm young and not on the coaching staff, but hope to join my cousins one day. But I was wondering, how do you go about coaching your guys' disguise? Do you give them free reign, or are their calls associated with different blitzes and coverages? That's a great question, by the way. Yeah, good question. Um, I think for me, um, I, I like to, you know, I'm somewhat of a control freak, so I'm the, I'm the control when I when my I want my guys to disguise, um, you know, just to put them in the best position. And the main thing, don't put them in a position that they they can still get back to their assignment because you know you tell the guy you know he can he can roam around. Like last year I had a safety when I coached at Baser Linwood High School in Kansas. Um, you know, I, I gave him the free range kind of roam. We were in cover one, and I looked back, and he's 20 yards deep, and we're in 4A football in Kansas. We're running the football, you know what I mean? So you give guys a little bit too much free range and things like that, and, you know, they may really take a little too much of the range. So you got to – I like to control it, you know what I mean? So we'll we'll give a, a, a certain call to let us know, hey, we're going to start in this coverage and then and, and go to a different coverage or uh, maybe show some type of pressure if we want to kind of mug the front up a little bit and kind of just – jump out and go into zone coverage or something like that. So I, I like to, I like definitely like to control it, uh, but I think it's a good tool. It kind of works well with that, with the move and the, the stemming that we talked about a little bit earlier too. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a control freak too. And here's the other thing is I get the savvy kids and they actually, they, it's funny when they, they'll, we communicate in helmet taps. So if you watch us on film, our kids are always tapping their helmets to let the guy know behind them that they got the call. Right. And it could be, you know, for those of you trying to steal our signals or whatever, there's nothing to the helmet taps. It could be, hey, watch the run. You know, it's to be something as minor as that, or it could be, hey, this is the call. That's just all the helmet tap means is we got, I got you. Because I don't want them gotcha. turning around. Uh, so the best is, you know, I have one kid on my team um, whose dad is a DC in the area too. Really great kid. And Sometimes he's too smart for his own good, and he, he or really he's not. He just he gets me. I'll be like, bye. His name is Byron Fountain. He's I love the kid to death. Uh, he'll be like, I'll be like, Byron, Byron, get out of the box, and he'll tap his <laughs> helmet or he'll wink. He'll wink at me, and I'm like, you got me, you sob, you got me. You even fooled your coach, right? And so sometimes I don't like I don't like letting them freelance because it freaks me out. Because I'm like, what are you doing? Oh. It's too high. Get out of the box, and he and he's kind of. He gives me thumbs up, or he'll if I'm close enough and I can see his eyes, he'll wink, and I'll be like, "All right, you got me." But we actually um, we have built in disguises, so into some of our stuff. So we'll roll down most of our one eye coverages. We will we will roll down right before the snap. There's some that we line up in because of certain formations, and then I got this from Bama. And uh, I know I just got through talking about how he would go visit. I'm not tell so I could talk about this stuff because it was this was at a clinic. So Pete uh, Pete Golding did this at a clinic. So I'm not. I watched the clinic tape that he made. So it's not like it's some like I went through his linebacker room notes and I'm teaching any secrets. And I'll stay away from certain names of things, even though right. clinic. That's not my place. But they have certain calls, and for Pete, and he's done this clinic before but they used to be colors like um white meant show weak side uh you know uh and and patrick tony talked about this in his legendary uh you know creeper 
write-up that he did for X and O Lab, which was one of the best articles ever written. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about how they they do their 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 disguises and was colors. Well, the problem is Bama colors are personnel groups, and so they had to change right. it. Yep. And so, mm-hmm. you know, certain calls will say but they'll have a call for show opposite. They'll have a call for show weak side blitz and then um, show strong side blitz. And I think sometimes when you disguise, like I think sometimes you need to line up in the, in the mug front and just go and blitz it. Man, because yeah. if you always disguise, like sometimes you got to line up in one, like we have a call just to line up in one high. Right. Because if we line up in one high and roll to two high, which I don't think people do enough. By the way, this goes back to the RPO. This is for you guys. Here's a little bonus for you. If you've been through the whatever, how long we're in on this pod, here's a little secret for you. And I may not be telling you anything you don't already know, but this is something I really believe. If you want to combat RPOs and you want to play too high, line up in one high and rotate to two high. Because people will freak out and they won't. Like if you're sitting on those routes, smells like man free. He ain't gonna read it post snap. He's gonna they're gonna check the play or whatever. But line up in at one high and then rotate to two high. But occasionally you gotta line up in one. I mean to sell it, you gotta line up in the one high and just play one high. You gotta line up in the two high and just play two high. If you're always, you know, going from one to the other, it's just gonna be like, hey, they're gonna move now. They're you know they're gonna stem now. Nice. So. You know, you got to play it straight, but so they have a word for how to show one high to two high. Like I said, two high to one high is kind of, um, uh, it's understood. It's part of the call. Now I will say from two high to one high, I know that there's some teams that, cause some of the stuff you got to get to, like if you're trying to get to man free, you got to come down before the snap. Right. If you're playing cover three, you can come down on the snap, but if you're playing man free, you got to get down there and settle in our corners. We show press every play. They freak right. me out because they won't get set. I'm like, what do you, you guys got to get set? Like disguise is right. great, but you can never align your disguise yourself out of doing your job. That's why I want to control it so bad because I just, I don't want them to get themselves out of position. You know what I mean? And think that they, right. can, they can do something they can't. <laughs> right. Well, so, but I think there's some merit to, for example, just throwing a tag word, especially if you're like me. Like, so I try to conserve words because our calls are so long. But if you have a one-word call, like, let's say, for example, let's just say you're a quarters team that plays man-free in, in, in cover six or cover three, rotation cover three. Doesn't matter if it's strong or weak rotation. If I was me and that's what I did, I would I would show two high every snap with a, with a way to show one high, like a way to say, hey, kill the disguise, just line up at one high every once in a while. And if it was one high and we were, if we were starting too high and trying to go down the three-deep zone, I would do it on the snap. But if it was man free, it'd have to come down right before the snap. Right. So I think you can you can tag it a little. It's it's subtle, but it is different. I mean, there's I know it's a half a second, but I think that there's something to, you know, a guy rotating down late, like a second before the snap, you know, from deep to short. And then there's a difference between doing it on the snap of the ball, especially from depth if you walk down. So that would be something I would I would say. But I would do some sort of families. So you could do cards, you know, King means you show strong. I mean, I would tie it into like strong would be an S word. Weak would be a W opposite would be something with an O, Right. but you could do serials. You could do, I mean, he, I would family it up and I'd have like a word that would just be in a family to say, okay, this is what you do and then tag it. 
and you don't need to disguise everything. So that that would be my my system of doing that. And we we do a little bit of it. But because our calls are so long, we I'm more likely to mess with the front than the back end. Because really, from the back end, you can show, you know, and there's some things like we always show, start off with our strong safety outside leverage of two, right. free safety apexing. Even though we only play that 10% of the time in 2019, but it's always easier to go from outside to in than line up apex and then run outside. You know what I mean? Or start right. real wide as a deep safety and then come inside. And so we we always start in that look. Everything we do is we, if it's one back in the backfield, we're showing blue or quarters, seven mod, whatever you want to call it. And if it's one high, we're looking like we're in robber. And then we'll, we'll if it's a two, if we're going to play a lot of two high, we'll, we'll show two high. But anyway, so that's my two cents. Well, coach, I've taken enough of your time. I know it's late. I apologize uh, for. Uh, oh, it's all good, man. I, I hope I didn't get you in any trouble. Oh, no, no, it's all good. So, Coach, uh, why don't you uh, give the listeners um, your Twitter handle and if there's anything you want to plug or anything you're working on or how guys can contact you if they want to reach out, go ahead and give the uh, listeners those details. Got you. So my Twitter handle is CoachMRI. Uh, right now, the thing i got going on uh, outside of uh, our playoff game tomorrow is I'm hosting the Senior Showcase. Uh, for athletes in Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, and Oklahoma, with about I got about 17 schools, D2, D3, NAIA schools signed up right now to come watch uh, some of the top seniors in the Midlands in the Midwest area. Um, and I'm kind of getting getting that set up. It'll be December 14th, so uh, I'm excited about that. You know, you guys in California are a little bit blessed with the exposure you guys get. Um, so we we we're trying to trying to get that same type of level going here in the Midwest and. Um, I'm excited. This is my first year kind of hosting and running a camp or showcase or something like that. So, um, you know, kind of setting the tone for other things I got I got planned going on. But excited for tomorrow's game. And, you know, then you know, once we, we get through the playoffs, I get back in the offseason and learning more about, you know, coverages and, and doing some offseason training with some guys as well. So I really appreciate you having me on, man. Like I told you before the podcast, you know, I've, I've listened to your stuff. I've, I've you know, taken notes from your – from your podcast and, and you know, I appreciate, you know, you giving back your with your your wisdom and what you're learning at these other schools. You know, I mean you could really be selfish and hold that to yourself, but you know, you're kinda of opening the doors for a lot of these young coaches to be able to uh grow grow a lot faster, you know, creating this resource and providing this resource for resource for us. So man, again, I appreciate you for having me on. I, I really appreciate that and, and and I do the best that I can without pissing off because I, I i have to i mean i want to help but i also have to protect myself and i'm in a weird position because you know i walk into you know glenn schumann's office and just being honest those guys they're not allowed to do press they can't do press and so right and they have media deals and you know like the media is not allowed to see stuff and so if i get lumped in with media then i can't go watch press you know what i mean and so right right I have to be careful and I'll, I'll only talk about stuff that is vague and in general that you can see on film or that they mm-hmm. did in the clinic. Like I talked about one time I talked about their cover seven pressures. Well, that's because Kirby smart did a, a presentation in Vegas and Atlanta and Glenn did the last half of it. And it's all online. Like I'm not telling you anything that you can't see. Right. But I, I also do have to, I do have to protect myself in these relationships. You know, I'm not a journalist. Oh, for sure. I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a sports writer or commentator or pundit. I'm, I'm a high school coach and right. 
Exactly. You know, I I want to go back to Georgia. I'm trying to get like trying like hell to get an LSU the third year in a row. Like, you know, I'd like to go back to Bama. So the last thing I want to do is burn those bridges. And I hope people understand. So and and nobody's ever been like, dude, why don't you tell me this stuff? But like, you know, I just I feel bad sometimes that I I have to be, you know, and I also have to protect myself on a competitive level. Like if I'm doing something that I'm not necessarily sure you can figure out by watching the film. I don't really want to like, I'm all helping people, but I also want to shoot myself in the foot. So like, yeah, we show quarters every snap. Anybody that watches our film can see that, you know, but anyway. No, I mean, I think that's a part of, that's a part of the growth too for a young coach. I mean, you can't, it can't be spoon fed to you because at some point you got to be able to, you know what I mean? Go find, try to find the information resource yourself. And you know what I mean? That's, right. I that's a part of the, you know, part of the reward, you know, for being successful, I think, you know, going through that grind. But you, but this medium does allow that process to go a lot, a lot quicker than, like you said, probably when you were coming up. Right. Probably a lot of other older coaches are probably thinking, man, shoot, <laughs> you know, I, I wish, I wish I had. Oh yeah. Like I, said, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the knowledge and the resources, and you know, I'll, I'll look like I said, if you, if you got room in a suitcase for me, I, I'd <laughs> love to, love to get on the road with you and and just just see how you grasp all this information and be able to bring it back your guys and make it happen. I furiously take notes. I write everything down. Even if I, here's my secret. I write everything down, even if I don't understand it, because if I get mm-hmm. to some level of understanding in the future, like there was stuff when I went on my first visit to Georgia in 18, like I sat in Mel Tucker's meeting with the DBs and I literally didn't know what he was saying, but I just wrote it down word for word, exactly what he said. And now I'm able to understand what he was saying. Mm-hmm. But uh, my last point on this, you know, I'm a pa- I'm a pack rat when it comes to football and in life I'm borderline pack rat. And I just recently learned that like and it took me a long time a lot of young guys they want everything. I want this, I want that, I want this film and they don't even look at it. And it's like what? I have so much I got so much information last offseason that I didn't even consume and really understand. And then right. I'm going to have to go back and I'm I, I honestly to be 100% uh, real with you I'm probably not going to look at 2019 stuff until probably after the new year. Cause there's so much stuff I didn't even get to from this last year. Right. So anyway, all right, coach, well, you have a good night. Good luck tomorrow. Uh, go get him and let's get to 13 and 0. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, look forward to, to hearing more from you. Awesome. Thanks coach. Thanks man. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Make Defense Great Again. And also thank you to Coach Rose Ivy for coming on and talking to us. Also, thank you to Glazier for sponsoring the podcast. Come on Twitter and follow me at Coach Vass and follow the show account at MDGA Podcast. Also stop on my website, www.coachvass.com. I put it together in July right before the season and haven't really touched it since, but there's some older articles and some uh, other episodes for the last company I was with that are still up there that you can check out. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing it, if you're interested in donating to the mama vast kicks, cancers ass fund, you can do so by going to PayPal and sending that to coach at gmail.com or the cash app dollar sign coach Vass. Last but not least, always remember, the quarterback can't see with tears in his eyes.
good?